This is it, right here. Uh-huh. Then you gotta add some of the little tricks. Ah, ah, you'll be swinging. Uh-huh. Right. It's the Daniel Glass Show on Drummer's Resource, offering a deeper look into Daniel's unique take on music, drumming, and life. Philosophy, motivation, musical deconstructions, and conversations with influential voices in the music industry. Hey everybody, it is Daniel Glass. I want to welcome you back to yet another episode of the Daniel Glass Show right here only on Drummer's Resource. And today um, I'm going to just jump right in and get to it because I, as usual, have a lot to say. And as you well know, I enjoy warbling on about various and sundry topics. But today is sort of something a little different. Um, We're not going to talk about drumming per se. We're not even going to necessarily talk about music. We're going to talk about relationships. Um, This is something that I was having a conversation with um, somebody actually who was interviewing me. And he's a younger drummer who, um, you know, is sort of at an earlier phase of the game, as, as it were. He's just getting into uh, all the different aspects of being a professional musician. And um, we were talking about relationships and holidays and how that kind of works. Um, and I, he was like, this is a great conversation. You should do a podcast on this. So I'm going to, I've been thinking about this for a while. And I think it's a really actually an extremely important topic that a lot of musicians Uh, experience a lot of the things that I'm going to talk about or have troubles. Um, It's somewhat of a delicate issue um, when it comes to musicians and relationships. Now, I should say that many of the things I'm going to talk about uh, are universal towards all kinds of relationships from people of all walks of life. But in general, musicians can face many more or many particular kinds of challenges uh, between their musical life and their personal life. And um, I've seen in my, you know, almost 28 years now in this business, actually more than 28 years, I've seen a lot of relationships fail, including some of my own. I've seen relationships succeed. I think that in many ways, uh, particularly for professionals, but uh, the odds are are stacked against us in terms of maintaining successful long-term relationships. And I'll, I'll get into that shortly. But I also think there's a lot of ways where relationships can succeed. And I don't, I'm not gearing this specifically towards just professional full-time musicians. I think these same issues can come up with people who are weekend warriors or who uh, are, you know, younger musicians at at various phases um, of of involvement in in this business. I think it's worth discussing. So I'm going to, you know, jump right in. Uh, essentially, the, the way I, if I break it down to a nutshell, what I'm going to be talking about here is how our interest in music can come into conflict with our personal life. Um, and the, the title of this, of course, is Musicians and Relationships. Uh, so I want to define at the very beginning what I mean by relationships. So certainly the most obvious case that comes to mind are our significant others, husbands, wives, boyfriends, girlfriends, um, you know, the people that, that are our partner, so to speak, um, our, 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 our significant partner, our life partner, or even just someone who you're dating. Um, but relationship also can <clears throat> relate to family members or children or aging parents that are going to need more care or even your pets and how do you negotiate uh, the care of a pet during your busy life as a musician. Um, Also, relationships can relate beyond your family or your your closest significant other to um, friends. Um, And, you know, so how that's a different kind of a relationship. Um, and sometimes, you know, these things can, can, uh, be, be very conflicted and troubled, not troubled, but there, there can rise up some issues, especially if, if we as musicians end up traveling a lot, which often becomes a big part of what being a musician is about. So, um, I guess what I'll do is I'll start by, uh, just talking about some of the difficulties uh, of being in a relationship as a musician. And I, and I should say that the majority of what I'm going to talk about is going to relate to one's significant other. 
uh, one's boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, etc. Those those kind of relationships, because those are the ones where you're, you know, essentially with that person or talking to that person or being with that person every day. Um, so the most here are the most obvious issues that can come up, which is that um, musicians do not work typical nine to five schedules, and so they are not around uh, in the same way that other people um, are. Uh, and this not only is that, that musicians are often gone on weekends or evenings, which is when quote unquote regular people are at home. Um, and you know, but often on major holidays. So Valentine's day, um, St. Patrick's day, or even more intense Thanksgiving or Christmas, or what's very common for so many musicians, new years. So, you know, that's a problem because, in general, um, maybe when you get involved with somebody, they may have the expectation that you're going to be there in the same way that they're used to regular people being there, meaning at night, on the weekend. That's when you're going to do your social activities, or you're going to be there to celebrate these important holidays, uh, and that's the expectation. Um, and it's difficult because, you know, as I've said in, in previous podcasts, um, I've encouraged music to live what I call an unusual life, and that means not necessarily, um, or at least look at what a, living an unusual life means, that if you really uh, want to go for it, if your goal is to be a professional or is to, um, to do this full-time, then you, know, you must embrace what that means. So a lot of what that means is, is being away. Now, there's certainly ways to... Um, address these things, but I'm, I'm going to save that and talk about that in the second part of the podcast, because I want to bring up sort of the variety of levels of difficulties involved. And I think for those who maybe aren't full-time musicians, pay attention, because uh, those who are full-time musicians or have been in this game for a long time are going to go, oh yeah, oh yeah, mm-hmm. But for, for you who are not, get ready, because these are going to be issues that might affect your relationships. So certainly we're away. Uh, and not at home or not around on these typical times that other people uh, are are generally used to uh, having. Um, also, you know, our job often requires that we travel a lot. So uh, compounding the fact that we may not be there uh, at, at the typical times, we may be gone, uh, both, you know, at a higher level if you're on the road. Obviously, you could be gone for several days at a time, several weeks at a time, several months at a time. Um, at the peak touring uh, that when, when I was in Royal Crown Review, we, we were absolutely at our most furious touring uh, apex, which would have been around 96, 97, 98, 99. We were gone sometimes nine months of the year. Uh, literally, we were away from home uh, in one way or another, when you added it all up, it added up to nine months. So we would do two-month tours. We'd be gone for 60 days. This is really rough on a relationship uh, and really takes a lot of um, work in order to succeed or to come through that on the other side and still be intact. And uh, so, you know, but but this doesn't only apply to musicians that are away for a long time on the road. This also applies to local musicians who uh, maybe drive an hour, two hours, three hours to get to a gig. They're gone all day long or they're gone uh, until very late at night. They come in late. Um, and what the downside, of course, of this is that we can lose touch with our partner. Uh, we can... Uh, their distance can build. Uh, we can live an alternate life that our partner doesn't know about, uh, is... Um, not doesn't understand so there's that uh, uh barriers can be built where your partner doesn't know what you're doing or doesn't understand what you go through um thinks oh you're out having you know you're partying the whole time when you're on the road yeah it's just one big party and meanwhile you know the musician is out there traveling all day and going never seeing any place except going from a, a vehicle to a hotel right back to a vehicle back to the venue back to the hotel uh, and then on to the next the next stop so touring life certainly uh whether it's one day shows or many month shows um can 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 create walls between the musician and and the partner i guess this leads me to a deeper level that can be an issue with relationships which is that our job 
in general, is not just a job that we can, you know, walk away from. So even if we are at home all the time, um, most musicians, if they are really going for it, uh, but even if they're doing it as a hobby, it can become an obsession. And it takes a lot of energy, uh, a lot of uh, attention of our time. Obviously, we have to practice We are if we're busy creating songwriting or we're doing business. So, you know, a lot of times, even when we're there at home, maybe we're not necessarily there. Maybe mentally, we're not there. Um, and again, this could be said about many different professions. Uh, you know, if someone, say, is a busy lawyer or something, that could totally take over their whole life. They're gone all day, every day. Um, so it's not particular to musicians. But I would, what I would definitely say with regard to musicians is that, in essence, when we declare ourselves musicians or we're trying to go for it or we're trying to make a living at this, uh, or even if we're just very serious amateurs, it is like running a small business. And anybody who runs a small business can tell you that, you know, the, the work is never done and you're uh, uh, very focused on running that business. So, um, you know, I, I'm reminded of uh, Duke Ellington's autobiography and his, his autobiography uh, is called Music is My Mistress. And I think that's a great analogy to use is that we've often fallen in love with our instrument or with music or with writing music or performing music long before we meet our significant other. So when they come into the picture, they have to sort of compete with even, you know, even if they're, they become your husband or your wife, they have to compete with this mistress that is always there. And that is a hard thing. Uh, to deal with. You know, many, many other folks, when they leave their job, they're done. They clock out, they come home, they devote their full attention to whatever's happening at home, and then they go back to their job. And it, it's an easier delineation, I guess you could say. So that certainly is another level of difficulty that can, you know, sort of get between our musical life and our personal life. Um, if we even dig a little deeper and look into some other issues that arise uh, in a musical life. Um, it's how we are treated or how, you know, we interact uh, with our audience, you might say. So, uh, you know, I, I always loved, um, you know, the idea of being a musician is so great because when, if you have a good day at the office, you know, Everybody stands up and applauds and asks you to do more work, which you're happy to do, right? And how many people have that experience? Most people don't love their job. They certainly, even if they're, you know, get credit for it, nobody stands up and gives them an ovation at the end of the workday and says, please give us 10 more minutes of work because your work is so great. So, you know, this is a great thing. This is a great thing about being a musician is that when it's good, we are applauded. We, we get an immediate reward um, for our for our work, um, but this can lead to some you know negative consequences or unrealistic consequences about how we think of ourselves and how other people think of us. Um, you know we can begin to think uh, that 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 who this person that's getting applauded is is us that we somehow are more special. Uh, or that we are somehow deserving of, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to say, I, I think is a difference between accepting applause and adulation f- for doing good work and becoming seduced by that applause and feeling like uh, because you are getting all this applause and all this attention, perhaps, that it affects your view of yourself. Um, you can lose your sense of self, lose your sense of humility, and this can uh, st- strain the dynamic in a relationship. So often, you know, we see this in the movies, but I think it can also happen certainly in our lives as musicians that if we continue to gain success, it can affect uh, existing relationships because the dynamic is changing. And how do we maintain our sense of self and our sense of what, you know, the connection we have with our partner if now we are being treated differently uh, by the world? And again, this can happen on different levels. Of course, 
obviously, if you're playing in stadiums and there's, you know, a lot of attention being paid to you and lots of media that, you know, we, we see the, the, the destructive effect that that can have on relationships or the changing effect. Um, but even if we're just playing in our local pub and we become, you know, weekend warrior stars, you know, people can treat you differently, can sort of see you as, um, as being not just a person, but now you're something that's this, you know, desirable, uh, thing. And that can lead to sort of twisting our own perceptions of ourselves. Now, it doesn't mean this is necessarily bad, uh, but it's something that you have to be aware of. It's something that, especially as it goes on, can start to really, especially if you're in an in an insular bubble of touring all the time uh, or being gone for long periods of time, even a couple of days, you can begin to get lost in this new world. And that definitely can have a, a serious impact on, on the relationship. Also, by the way, um, if you develop new relationships out of this scenario, in other words, you meet somebody at the gig or a fan who's coming regularly and you develop a relationship with that person, uh, you have to be careful that um, that that relationship is really based on who you actually are, or is it based on who this person perceives you to be, or you how you perceive this person to be? That um, is that really a realistic indication? And who you know, maybe you're not interested in a relationship, and that's cool too. But just you know, obviously, honesty here is going to be my number one answer when it comes to. Uh, what are the sort of what are some solutions or what are some ways to uh, strengthen and maintain relationships in the face of some of these changes that I'm that I'm describing here? Um, you know, I, I should also point out that our job puts us in situations that are social by nature, um, and so you know it it sometimes becomes difficult for musicians to understand or the line gets blurred between where where the work or the job is happening what is our job and where does the party uh begin you know and oftentimes it's very difficult because what other profession again not only are we getting applauded and maybe people standing and wanting us to work more at the end of our work day but what other environment work environment is there where drinking is often encouraged, certainly allowed, but often encouraged on the gig, you know, at the workplace, so to speak, uh, that's potentially dangerous. Because, of course, when we drink, we tend to make decisions that are not necessarily based on (laughs) the big picture. They're based on the moment, or they're based on... um, you know, impulse or their, uh, the decision-making process is clouded when various substances get involved in what's happening. And so, you know, um, it, we have to, uh, that, that, well, I should say this is another difficulty, right? Is that, uh, we're encouraged to be social in, in our work environment, uh, but, but that can get away from us. And it certainly does for a lot of musicians, of course, uh, once, drugs and alcohol begin to play into the picture, uh, it can affect relationships, uh, and usually not for the better, you know? Um, so those are some of the, um, you know, the, the, um, the negatives, you know, and of course, uh, when this begins to happen, that people pay a lot of attention to you uh, based on your work as a musician, now you're, that may lead to feelings of insecurity in a, in a partner that you already have or in a partner that you've gotten in this situation because this partner knows that this is happening over and over again. You're doing these performances. You're, you know, people are, are, are loving what you're doing and therefore um, somebody else could step in. So insecurities tend to be magnified in these situations. Um, on on all sides, either a previous partner or a new partner, um, and and that that uh, is a problem, right? <laughs> Insecurities is always a problem in every relationship, but when you throw drugs and alcohol uh, into the mix, potentially, or you know you throw these kind of uh, power dynamics or whatever that result from uh, elevated status, literally elevated on a stage, um, that that's a problem. So again, I I say that that these issues don't always 
don't just come up for famous rock stars or people that are are getting a lot of attention. They they come up in every musical dynamic, and I mean they certainly will come up in every relationship dynamic. But um, it works, you know, here. Um, on the same by the same token, interestingly, if things don't go well, if we don't get if we get rejected uh, when we play, if nobody comes to the gigs, uh, that that can lead us to bad behavior that affects our relationship, um, and because we we have low self esteem about what we're doing, and so you know someone uh, uh, maybe it's our spouse, but maybe it's someone else sort of fills that void, and of course talking about infidelity now, uh, which is something else that musicians. You know, obviously, it's something that every relationship is is potentially threatened by. Um, but musicians, again, are in these sort of situations where we're maybe vulnerable to 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 these kinds of things happening. So, you know, and often both of those scenarios, uh, heightened sense of self and a larger sense of of um, insecurity about oneself. Uh, and feeling bad about oneself can be going on at the same time. So obviously human emotions are complicated. Being a musician, the fact that, you know, you are dependent, unlike other workplaces where you get paid or not based on, you know, you're, you're just doing a job and you get a salary uh, and it may, you may not get applause. But on the other hand, it's, if, if people don't like your work, you still get paid. And a lot of times with musicians, if people don't like what you're doing or you're not connecting, they're not coming to the gigs. So your entire identity can be often wrapped up in the response that you're getting for the work that you do. And of course, if, if, if you try something for long periods of time and people aren't responding, uh, that can be devastating for a lot of musicians and that can affect a relationship. Um, so, you know, I, I suppose... The, the ultimate sort of thing that can happen and that musicians, as I said, are, are often prone to here is, is infidelity. And it's a very tricky issue to talk about, um, something that musicians don't really want to address or talk about very much, but I think it's something that's on people's minds. So I'm going to talk a little bit about it today. I'm not going to get too deeply into it now, except to say that for me, in my life as a musician, infidelity has been an issue in the past. It definitely affected previous relationships I was in. Um, I think I had to grapple with it and grapple with a lot of different issues about relationships in order to turn that around and to be able to have um, to learn how to have successful relationships. So uh, I'll talk more about sort of my own experience of how I've been able to turn that around. And I should say I've been with my wife now. We've been together for 11 years. Uh, we've been married for five of those, and it's been rock solid. And so I'm very happy about the work that I did because I sort of learned that I could have a successful relationship. I think a lot of musicians with infidelity, play through, or with relationships in general, play through the same patterns over and over and over again. And there isn't a whole lot of self-awareness about, you know, um, what am I, what's going wrong here? Why do I always end up in this situation? And that was certainly me for a while in my earlier years of being a musician. And I, I should say, I've been through everything I've talked about in this, uh, everything I have talked about, everything I'm going to talk about, all these issues that affect relationships, I've experienced them all. So um, I'm not just talking out of my rear end, so to speak. But on the other hand, you know, I don't want to claim that I'm some kind of know-all therapist type person that has all the answers because relationships are very complicated things and there's any number of shades of them under the, under the rainbow. So all I'm, all I'm saying is that, uh, you know, I can speak from my personal experience and I'm, I'm now, you know, I've, I've sort of spent some time talking about the downsides, uh, 23 minutes talking about the downsides of musician relationships. And so that gives you some sense of how, you know, difficult it can be. And so the question is, are musicians doomed to never have healthy, happy relationships? Are these things always going to stop us or are we going to stop ourselves? And of course, the answer is no, we certainly can have good relationships. And maybe for some people out there, they're listening to this going, Daniel, what are you talking? God, you're really messed up, dude. You know, I've been a musician for this long. I've never had any of this. So I, you know, if, if that is the case, if you've had a successful relationship, negotiated that through the course of being a musician, then I applaud you because it means you have a really great sense of self uh, and uh, have a very strong sense. But I, I, I think 
uh, whether they might admit it or not, that a lot of the listeners are interested and intrigued because they may have had some of these issues. They may have had relationships fall apart as a result of some of these issues that I'm talking about and might be interested to hear um, some, you know, some way forward. Now, I'm going to say that, like everything else I talk about, there is no easy answer and that many of these quote-unquote solutions that I'm going to give you or pathways forward are very uncomfortable and require a lot of work on on your part. And it really, in my opinion, comes down to taking a lot of personal responsibility about how you conduct yourself in the world, how honest you are with yourself, how honest you are with your partner, and what you choose to do, how you choose to conduct your life. Um, and a lot of people, you know, are not necessarily willing to be that self-reflective. So, um, you know, you may not like what I have to say, but I'm going to say it anyway, because I didn't really like a lot of it. At, and it required me to put myself in very uncomfortable situations. Um, but I feel good about where I'm at. And that's, that's, the best, that's the best news of all. And I've been in a successful relationship for over a decade now um, that has weathered a lot of these issues and gets stronger every day. So I'm coming from a, a very positive place. And that's, that's what I'm trying to share. So um, number one, the number one solution in my opinion, is honesty. And, I, and, and obviously, honesty is a huge category, but honesty with yourself, honesty with your partner. Um, I think that, uh, you know, let's, I'm going to break it down into several, several different points, I guess, what I mean by honesty. So the first thing is at the outset of your pursuit of being a musician, um, you need to be honest with yourself about what kind of relationships you want to have. Uh, obviously, when a lot of young musicians get into this and they decide they want to go for it, uh, they don't want to be encumbered by a relationship at all. They want to go out and hook up and, you know, party and just meet people and have casual encounters and all that stuff. And that's, that's great. Um, and if that's what you want to do, then, you know, be honest with yourself about that and don't get into a relationship in the first place. Um, you know, tell somebody uh, or uh, get involved with somebody when you really don't want to and because you're trying to be polite or you don't want to hurt their feelings, uh, you continue down that road. And that that's a tough one. I mean, that's a really tough one. It's very hard for us to be honest, especially because we want to be loved. We want we don't want someone to be angry with us, so we're not going to say something that is hurtful to them. But it, the point is, you know, honesty, if you're not honest, whether you're actually lying to somebody or you're not sharing your true feelings with them, that's always going to there's always going to be repercussions. It's always going to end up coming back to bite you in the butt. Or you're not going to be a happy person or you're not going to have a good relationship. So it's better to try to be honest. And it doesn't mean you have to be mean about it or hurtful, but be honest with yourself first and foremost about what it is that you want so that you can be honest with people that you get involved with on this pathway. And I've talked about honesty and being taking responsibility and being honest in, on any number of levels as far as living life as a musician. But this particular one is about, you know, connecting, being with other people, being in relationships with other people. Uh, you know, obviously with regard to family and friends, honesty is helpful too. If this is really what you want to do, um, then, you know, you got to be honest with yourself and you got to be honest with, with others. And it's going to be hard because when you set out on this path, and I've talked about this in many other podcasts, but, you know, not a lot of people are going to be on your team. <laughs> not a lot of other people are going to be on team musician because most people uh, have a lot of um, stereotypes about musicians, and many of them are true. And I've had, you know, girlfriends, uh, you know, or people when, that I, when I started to date them, they had friends and family go, this guy's a musician, you don't want to get involved with a musician. And probably they, they're, in general, they're right. There are a lot of musicians out there that are a mess, <laughs> you know, and probably don't belong in relationships. Um, there's a lot of people out there that are a mess, I should say. But, you know, the musician, musicians have this, this kind of negative uh, karma, not negative karma, but the negative sort of stereotypes about them. And so you got to weather those things. If you're, if you're somebody who's a, a good human being, who's honestly doing this and pursuing this as a career, well, then it's up to you to 
prove yourself. And I'll talk a little bit about that later on. But it, we do have to prove ourselves. We have to prove ourselves as partners in a relationship. We have to prove ourselves to those around us who, if we ask them to accept the life that we have chosen, that we have to step up and we have to show them that we are worthy of, of their trust, you know, because that's the, 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 bounty, the bounty of honesty is trust. Having trusting relationships with people who believe in you and will support you both in good times and hard times uh, is something that is, that is um, irreplaceable, in my opinion. And it's, it's, if, you, if you're not worthy of trust, you're not going to get trust, and it's going to be hard. You know, I'm talking to the younger people here. Who don't, who haven't been in this game for very long, or who are thinking about getting into life as a musician, it is hard. It is a really hard, challenging life, and the longer you do it, the more that you um, take that risk and put yourself out year after year, decade after decade. Uh, it it becomes more challenging. The more you add to the picture, spouses, children, um, you know, whatever. Uh, adding mortgages, uh, you know, adding debt. Um, the, it only gets harder. And it doesn't mean it gets worse. It means you get stronger as it gets harder. But you, to, to have a team on your side, to have somebody who understands what you're going through and is there to support you and to make, to facilitate your ability to do what you want is worth its weight in gold. And this is why I always, whenever I, whenever I meet the wife or husband or partner of a fellow musician, I always laugh and I bow to that person, especially if it's a musician I love and respect. And I say, I bow to that spouse and I say, you know, we're not worthy. Uh, and, and we really, we really aren't. I mean, not, it's not that we aren't, we have to earn it, but if we earn it, you know, um, it, it takes, what I, what I should say is for someone to be a long time, term partner of a musician, it takes a very wonderful, giving, patient human being to do that. And so if we find somebody who's really willing to do that, that's, that's a great thing. So I, that's just sort of some of the long, larger benefits of, of honesty. Um, <clears throat> and, it, you know, if we're going to do this, we got to be honest with our friends, our family, our, our partners, the whole nine yards. Now, at the same time, you have to you have to assess your partner as they're assessing you uh, along the way. And some partners are just not. And by the way, when I say partners, I mean any kind of relationship. I don't mean male female. I mean any kind of partner. However, you want to define that. I should just be clear about that. I'm trying not to use uh, any particular he she pronouns or anything. I'm just talking about musicians and their partners. Um, but what? You know, not all people are built to be with someone who has the life of a musician. Not all people are can handle you being away on Valentine's Day or you being away on Thanksgiving or you working on the weekends or you being out every night uh, working on a Broadway show. Some people need that and they need to be honest with themselves as well. And the hardest part is when parties aren't honest and then it becomes kind of a long-term struggle. A lot of people uh, view getting with a musician as a challenge. If they can break you, if they can make you in their image, uh, meaning you're going to give this up, otherwise I'm out of here. And for me, it was never an issue. It was like, really? Okay, see ya. But, you know, when you're starting out, you don't know, you're not sure, um, and people can have a strong impact. I remember a, a friend of my wife's, I met her brother, and he was like, oh, man, I love your drumming. I'm a fan, actually. Uh, this is a guy who's sort of in his 50s at this point. He said, I, uh, you know, when I, when, I, when I got married, my wife made me get rid of the drums. And now our kids are grown up, and uh, they're, you know, they're out of the house. We have this big five-bedroom house. They live in Atlanta or something, a suburb. And uh, I asked her if I could have a drum set in the basement. She said no. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? Like, you know. I mean, you could crush a person's spirit if you if you are are not even letting them you know 
if, if they're giving you all of this, uh, giving you their life to not even let them, you know, let them. I mean, why is it up to her to give permission? But anyway, you see where I'm going with this is that, you know, if what you really want to do is music, <clears throat> then you need to be honest and find somebody who's cool with that, who's going to work with that. And once you do, boy, you better <laughs> nurture that relationship because there aren't that many. And I've been, you know, a lot of musicians get dumped because their partner can't handle what they do, no matter whether they're, you know, an angel or work their butt off to make it a good relationship. So be honest with your partner, be honest with yourself and, 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 and you know, evaluate your partner maybe before things get too deep to see if this is something that, that could work. Um, and, you know, <clears throat> obviously, when you are a musician, this is who you are. It's not just something that you do for fun. I mean, for some people it is, but obviously when you get to that deeper level, it really is, if you're going to make it, you're, you're an artist, it's about who you are. And again, that requires a, kind, a special kind of person to understand that your work is an extension of who you are. It's not simply a, a fun thing that you do that you could take it or leave it. Maybe for some people it is, but for someone like me, um, I need my partner to understand just how deeply committed I am to this and be okay with that, not be jealous of this deep love that I've had my whole life, you know, that it's, it's, it's beyond a job, it's who I am. And so they need to see me for who I am. At the same time, you know, I can't let that part of me just take over my whole life because otherwise I have no time or energy for my partner. So one of the points I'm going to get to here is, is you know, um, compromise and flexibility. And so we need partners that can be flexible. And I've obviously been stating some examples of this, um, understanding you for, for who you're about, allowing you to have gear in the house, feeling like it's okay if you need to go woodshed, if you need to go uh, to, you know, rehearsals or gigs. I remember when I first got to know Zorro, um, uh, you know, we, we began working on, uh, uh, on our various projects that we did together uh, over the years, over sort of the, this eight-year period we were working together. Uh, I was writing articles for a magazine called Stick It that he was editing, he, um, and we were, began work on the book that would eventually uh, come out as The Commandments of Early Rhythm and Blues Drumming. But I remember one time I was at his house, and uh, I was talking to his wife, and, and she was saying, yeah, you know, I mean... After we all go to bed, he goes out and practices for three hours. And then, you know, he gets up in the morning and is ready to go. And it was like, that's really cool. I mean, they had, they had, I think they only had their son at that point, and he was very young. Um, but she was not only supportive of him, she was like, great, you know, he's, he's out there practicing. That's what he needs to do because, you know, he's got to bring home the bacon. So whatever he's got to do, he's got to do. It wasn't a competition thing. It was a support thing. Um, so, so that's, that's important in a, in a flexible partner. I think I've addressed this several times in terms of, um, when you spend, when are you going to spend your time together? So a flex, what a flexible partner means is, uh, somebody who is okay with you being away and at those odd times, and you find other times to celebrate uh, those special moments that are just as special. They're just not at the time necessarily that everybody else does it. So sometimes my wife and I will go out for a Valentine's Day dinner on February 15th or 16th or 13th or 14th. Who cares as long as you're both in agreement that this is your special Valentine's Day thing? You know, um, uh, oftentimes if you're a weekend worker, take a vacation during the week. If your partner can get off, uh, those days or go run away on a Tuesday, you know, um, that's better. Cause that's when the rest of the world isn't, um, isn't, uh, uh, out clogging up the roadways and clogging up, you know, uh, the, the, uh, the 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 attractions or the 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 beautiful nature scenes so take your vacations at alternate times if it's possible um you know and uh you know i I think it's it's like well yeah i may i may not be home on christmas you know i may maybe i have a gig on well you know on 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 thanksgiving say i have a gig on thanksgiving but um 
you know, let's, let's celebrate it at a different time. And I, I think if someone is flexible, they can, they can understand that, that this is fine. This is acceptable. And sometimes it's better at those alternate or alternate times, like I said, because, because you're, um, you're, you're in a, a time when no one else is doing it. So it's less crowded, it's cheaper, it's, it's this, it's that, it's, it's whatever. Um, so I think, you know, that's part of the unusual life we lead as musicians is we do things at slightly different times. I, another great example, I, I met somebody recently, I can't remember who it was, but they told me that their entire family celebrates Christmas in January, like the first week in January. So what they do is they wait until after until the after Christmas sales, that's when they do all their shopping. They get everything cheap. It's still got that holiday feeling right after New Year's, but now the prices of flights and things are all have all gone down. Nobody's traveling, and they all meet up and they do family Christmas. I think that's genius. Like, what a great idea, you know. And then the, it's the extended family all getting together in some place, and it's cheaper and less hassle for everybody and um, less pressure. So that's what I mean by a flexible partner or a flexible family. Um, learning to just do things in, in alternate ways, but they're no less special or important. Um, and I think, you know, we did, I did mention that, that you're, you have an understanding of flexible partner, that they understand that you need your space or you need your time. Um, usually though, what that means is, and this is the next subject, compromise. So, you know, if you're going to ask for special dispensation to be who you are and do what you do, there's nothing wrong with that. But you also need to contribute something to the relationship to show that you're willing to, you know, compromise. So, you know, if ever I'm, you know, it it is a certain amount of, I guess, bargaining, you could say, that if um, you're not able to do something, you have to miss something, before you begin the conversation, try to figure out some alternative or something that you will do to show that you are committed. Um, you know, you can't expect the relationship to be one-way street. Uh, and so, um, you know, uh, and, and this might mean like saying, I'm not going to book anything during this period. I mean, for me, it's, you know, it's tough because gigs are coming in all the time and a gig may come in for two months from now and I may get a last minute call for a gig tonight. Uh, and I am the type of person, I'm very driven. I don't, my first inclination is to take everything, but I've learned over the years what I know is going to cause a problem in my relationship and what I know will be cool. And thankfully, my wife is very supportive, and generally, I could take just about anything. But I know there are certain things, if we have plans, I'm not even going to go talk to her about it. I'm just going to turn it down. And, you know, sometimes that hurts. Sometimes I have to turn down gigs that are, you know, potentially great for networking or for the, you know, may open new doors or are well-paying gigs. Um, But generally, see, if it's a well-paying gig, my wife will go, "Eh, it's all right, take it, because... It's a well-paying gig. So again, you know, this, it's, it's about a negotiation. It's about a compromise. And eventually, if you're honest uh, and you work through things, um, you know, and, and you continue to discuss these things and discuss them before they happen or not when it's that crisis moment, don't have the discussion when the gig comes in and you're like, I got to take this. And then, you know, uh, that's, that's not a good time to have the conversation. So I'm, you know, I'm a proponent of therapy, of going uh, and discussing uh, whatever issues you have with your partner in uh, a structured environment where you're there to discuss it, and there's some kind of a mediator there. And sometimes if you, if you feel like things can't, if you can't fix something, you just feel like you're continually butting heads on an issue that doesn't get resolved, you need, a, you need mediation. And um, so I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And obviously, this doesn't matter what kind of a, of a, of a partner you're, you're dealing with. Um, it, is, it is always, always a beneficial option, I think, if, if you need it. And you shouldn't be afraid to accept that you may, not, that you may need help negotiating certain kinds of, of issues. And usually what will end up happening is a compromise. And with compromise comes understanding. And with understanding, then over time, these issues stop being issues. But 
it's often very uncomfortable. Often you got to eat crow. You have to do something you may not want to do. You have to, you have to put your pride away. You have to put your, um, you know, your sense of, uh, righteousness away. Um, so, you know, these are the nuts and bolts of, um, being able to get through things so the relationship can continue to thrive. I think I'd already mentioned this, but I'll discuss it a little bit more. You have to prove yourself. You have to prove that if music is what you love to do, then you can't just say it and sit on the couch and play video games or watch NFL or whatever. You have to show, like, you know, like Zorro uh, is a good example, you know, that you are 1000% committed and that you're going to, if you want this person to stay with you and have a family with you, that you're going to support that person, you're going to hold up your end. You're going to, you know, bring a lot to the table. And that means every single day being committed to your craft, um, which is weird because I just talked about compromise and, you know, taking time away from your craft. But I guess what I'm saying is you have to be serious as a heart attack about it. So your partner trusts that this is really who you are, that this is really what you want to do, that you're not just lip service. Um, and, you know, it's very easy for us as quote-unquote artists to talk a good game and then not really follow through. And, you know, uh, we can say, oh, well, this and that happened to me and, you know, this and, you know, we can complain, we can act like victims that the world doesn't care about us, that we're, you know, that we're trying as hard as we can. Um, No, you're not. If, you know, there's... We've talked a lot about personal responsibility. We've talked a lot. And when you involve somebody else in your, um, in your dream, then uh, you better be prepared to, to prove yourself to them every day, every day. And I think that's, that's, that's a really uh, important thing. So compromise, communication. Let's talk about communication now. Um, the first kind of communication I think is important is empathy, which is the shoe. What if the shoe was on the other foot? In other words, treat your partner how you want to be treated. Um, if you want them to respect what you do, then imagine what, how, if you wanted, you know, if, 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 if the, if the, the shoe was on the other foot, so to speak, uh, how would you, um, uh, you know, what would you want uh, from them so that you would respect what, what they were doing. Um, if, if you're confused as to why your partner's upset that you're coming home at three o'clock in the morning hammered, uh, and then you're useless the next day, you might want to take a look at, (laughs) at why that is and think about, well, what if my partner was doing that? Right? So, um, I think another thing that we have to do that's really important in terms of communication, and communication is, is crucial here. It's part of honesty, right? But it's not just honesty. It's about creating channels by which your partner can, and, and what I was going to say is, is like letting your partner into your musical world. If they're interested, some, some, some partners really don't care. Go do your thing. I don't care. Just, this is what I need from you. But a lot of, of, of partners of musicians or artists feel shut out. They don't, they're not let into the creative process. They're, um, if, they're, if there's a tour, they're not in on the jokes. They're not part of the camaraderie that happens in a musical situation. So they feel shut out. It's up to us to invite them, to involve them. And, you know, a lot of times people are like, I don't want the women around when we go to a gig. Well, you know, that's a great way to drive a wedge in your relationship. And again, I don't just mean women and men and women. I just mean your partner, I suppose. Um, but... Um, you know, you have to, if I I always leave it open for my wife, if she wants to come to a gig after many years, she doesn't come to that many gigs anymore, but I will, I will move heaven and earth if she wants to come to one of my shows and, or if she wants to come with me, I've taken her to Budapest. I've taken her to Cairo. I've taken her, um, you know, we, we do a lot of traveling together and I know that's not financially realistic for a lot of people. Um, Sometimes I go into my pocket and I make no money on a gig to bring her. I know some people, you've got kids or you've got pets that have to get taken care of, all these kind of things. But I think the more that you can open the door to your world so that your wife gets to know, or I shouldn't just say your wife, your partner gets to know your colleagues, your your partner gets to see how things work on the inside, your partner gets to see backstage what it's all about, the more trust there will be. So communication in this regard is important. If you're not able to be with your partner, and this is super important, you must make 
efforts to check in with them. Um, I remember we were on the Warp Tour, and the Warp Tour was it was a crazy traveling three ring circus. I did a whole two part episode about the Warp Tour here on this podcast. You can go look that up. Um, and you know it was just mayhem, and there was all kinds of shenanigans going on, all kinds of infidelities going on. Uh, and you know you have to call your partner. You have to check in. You have to set up regular times. If you're not going to see your partner for days or weeks or months, you must uh, have regular check-in times, uh, at least from my opinion. Again, I think maybe some relationships don't need, folks don't need to see each other for a week or they're okay with that. But I think it's absolutely imperative that you maintain um, contact communication. You just get caught up on the daily activities um, support them and they support you if things are, if you had a rough day, whatever. It's still regular life. Just because you're on the road doesn't mean you get to live in some total fantasy world where nothing matters. And I think that happens a lot when you're on the road. You could disappear into fantasy world, um, even if, like, the tour is three days long. It's very easy. You know, the world, it becomes about life on the road, and that's a very intense, focused existence. Um, so you got to, you got to introduce your partner, check in with your partner, um, and make a schedule. Make yourself accountable. Make yourself accountable. If your partner, if you disappear for six hours and your partner's not able to reach you, what do you think they're going to think is going on? They're not going to think good things. Unless, of course, you're honest with each other and you're agreed that this is fine. But I think most relationships, you know, that's not the case. I would hasten to to say that, uh, or perhaps most relationships that you'd want to be in, because some relationships, I don't know, maybe they're not even worth being in if, if it's just all over the place, or there's just intense honesty and everybody's okay with it, and fine, it moves forward. Um, I'm going to make just a couple other points here about ways that we can make relationships solid in the midst of a musical life. Um, surround yourself with the kind of people who you want to behave the way that you want to behave. Uh, and I know this is not easy. Sometimes we um, fall in with who we fall in be- for musical reasons. But I would just say that we can easily be swayed by our environment. So if everyone around you is behaving in a certain way, well, more than likely, it's, there's going to be a lot of pressure on you to behave that way as well. And so over the years, you know, um, I've certainly learned this the hard way, uh, this lesson. But at this point, I'm pretty clear as far as the circles that I run in and the kinds of gigs that I do, which is with professional musicians who are very serious about their work. Work is number one. Most of them are in long-term committed relationships. Most of them are not big partiers anymore. Um, and of course, I'm at a particular phase. I've been in this business for a long time. I'm at a certain level of musicianship. But I think this this applies to anything. I know that I've gotten, when I was younger, I got involved in bands where I didn't really like the people I was involved with. I didn't really like how they did things. But I was, I had low self-esteem. And I said, well, this is, you know, I can't do any better than this. And this is such a great band. So I'm just going to deal with this. And that went on for years sometimes, you know, projects where I was not happy or not musically fulfilled, yet I sort of felt like I couldn't do any better, right? So surround yourself with people who are going in the same direction you're going in, and then you guys uh, or gals or everybody can support each other. Um, and the last thing I, I want to mention, and this is a, this is a, this is a, you know, probably a, a very important point is that we must continue to work on ourselves as human beings um, and to develop ourselves as people, to make ourselves better people, to live lives with greater and greater integrity. And that is a hard thing to do. It's easy to fall back on old patterns. It's easy to fall back on old ways of dealing with others. Um, But I personally have made it one of my goals, and of course I don't get there every day, but to try to be a better and better person and have more integrity. And I would recommend a very short book to everybody that really was a huge turning point for me in my life as a musician, in my life as a person, was was part of the way that I managed to turn this corner um, in terms of really having better relationships. And the book is called The Four Agreements, The Four Agreements. 
Now, this book is written by a Mexican author named uh, Don Miguel Ruiz. So it was really, really originally written in Spanish, um, translated to English. And uh, I'm going to put a link to this book in the show notes. It's a very short book. The whole idea of this book is that um, that you set you make uh, these four agreements with yourself and you try to follow them every single day to the best of your ability and you become aware of them. And the four agreements are as as follows. Be impeccable with your word, meaning don't say anything that you don't mean and be specific in how you communicate. Don't take anything personally. That's number two. Very difficult, of course, but um, a really great way to move through life where you just, you know, it doesn't matter if somebody says hurtful things or critical things or whatever. Don't take it personally. Um, don't make assumptions. This is a big one. We automatically assume things all the time about what a person is doing or saying and then react accordingly. Uh, and number four, always do your best. Now, this sounds like a cliche, but when you read this book and he really breaks down these four agreements, for me, anyway, it was tremendously powerfully impactful, and um, I, I try every day to, to live a life of integrity as, as laid out by this concept of, of these four agreements with myself and others. Um, and, you know, when we begin to try or we begin to, uh, when we begin to succeed, I should say, at, at having more integrity, and again, for some people, this is easy. For some people, this is hard. For some people, three out of the four they could do, but the fourth really, you know, gets them. But we, we end up sort of stopping things before they start, and we begin to just project a certain kind of a way of going through the world where, where we um, attract, I guess you could say, uh, like-minded people. We won't, we're, not, we're not willing anymore to subject ourselves to a s- scenarios where, these, where we're going to violate these agreements. We want to, to be good people. We, and I really think that as far as if you're going to be a successful musician, you have to have a strong sense of self and you have to have belief in yourself and you have to have strong self of, sense of confidence. And, and following these four agreements can really help to get you there. Um, when it comes to musicians, and I particularly now want to address this subject of infidelity, and I'm not going to, again, dwell too much on it, but essentially infidelity is it's sort of the opposite of of honesty. Most people, when they are cheating on their partner, uh, they then lie about it. They don't admit that they did it. And walking around with lies is the opposite of, of, of honesty. When you lie and you start to get in the habit of lying, it means you lie more. When you lie more, you have to carry more secrets around with you. And there's nothing that is more of a drag than carrying around secrets and lies. Um, and I've, you know, I've been there, uh, and it's not a pleasant place to be. And I think most people, if they could unburden themselves of their secrets, they would happily do so. But a lot of people go through life holding secrets, uh, and, and lying. And, um, this is detrimental, uh, when it comes to infidelity, of course. Um, and I'm speaking specifically about relationships, but, you know, Part of honesty with yourself and others is being brave enough to start a relationship by being honest and maintain honest, and then don't go down pathways that are going to um, that are going to put you in a situation where you're going to do something that then you're you're going to lie about or you don't want to get found out about. Don't go there, right? So, um, you know, I think if we talk just a bit more about infidelity. I think for me, the way it, the, as to why it happens, I think for a lot of musicians has to do with um, uh, self-confidence, a lack of confidence. Now, you might say, well, that's weird. What's the connection there? Uh, if we do not have confidence in ourselves, then we feel we need adoration from someone in order to make us uh, feel good about ourselves. If we feel good about ourselves... Um, then 
we, you know, we don't, we don't go down the pathway that leads towards infidelity. In other words, infidelity doesn't just happen instantly. There's a series of steps you take that go down a slippery slope that end up leading in the act of infidelity. So if you have self-confidence, you're not going to have that couple extra drinks on the gig, uh, or you're not going to start having a conversation with someone where there's excessive flirtation involved and you begin to give them signals that you're interested. Uh, You're not going to, you know, you're not going to go down these pathways. You're going to stop yourself and go, I see this is happening and I don't want to be put in this position. So I'm not going to. Um, I think it's, you know, a lot of musicians see the idea of, uh, you know, part of the lifestyle as, hey, man, you know, all the sex, you know, the, all the, all you can, all you can eat sex bar is, is open and, and you should never turn it down because otherwise you're not, you know, a real man or, or, you know, you got to take advantage of every opportunity to, 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 to go there. And then don't be in a relationship is all I got to say. Like, uh, it, because at the end of the day, at least what I learned is that, uh, it is, unfulfilling it may may feel good in the moment but at the end of the day it doesn't sustain you and especially if you end up jeopardizing a relationship as a result Um, so in any case i don't want to spend too much time on that topic because that is sort of the most extreme example of difficulty that can happen with musicians but i think it is it is a reality so i guess at the end of the day honesty and personal integrity is is always the best policy even though, again, that sounds um, uh, sort of like a pat answer. Hopefully, some of the details I've gotten into that deal specifically with our lives as musicians, uh, you can relate to these things. And, um, you know, uh, as I always say, if you have any feedback, if you have any thoughts, if you have any questions, if you have any answers, uh, feel free to be in touch with me. Uh, you can always uh, reach me on my uh uh, via my website, danielglass.com. You can comment on the um, podcast itself uh, or you know, reach out on Facebook, uh, Daniel Glass, drummer, author, educator, send me a message. I will get back to you in all cases. Uh, thanks for listening. And remember, if you are enjoying the Drummer's Resource Podcast, please make sure to give it a rating uh, on iTunes or whatever podcast service you listen to so we can get more subscribers and more listeners. Thanks for listening. Have a great day and keep swinging, brothers and sisters.